thank you jesus the most high our high priest the author and the finisher of our faith we worship you we give you praise O lord we exalt your holy name in jesus precious name we've prayed hallelujah let's have a seat this morning hallelujah happy new year everyone how many of us are excited for the new year I am very, very excited. I think we, God deserves a shout of praise. And I think we can do even better than that. Amen. If you are full of hope, as in your hope, and it's the hope that does not make ashamed, you are sure that you are sure that it is you and God all the way this year. Pressing into the Spirit seeing divine intervention, seeing God's grace manifest, God's bountiful blessings all around you from January to December. I want you to stand to your feet and give the Lord a great shout of hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, as you're shouting, God is also shouting with you that let's go. <laughs> Praise God. You know, God has been waiting also for this year. Um... Not because it's 2022 within the Kronos calendar, you know, but because there is a there is a releasing of an emphasis on the spirit in this time. The urgency of the spirit is stronger; it's getting stronger and stronger, and God is expecting the sound of the trumpet to wake up His bride. You know, God is expecting the church to respond to that clarion call because whenever we respond to that clarion call. What are we doing? We are instituting the new day of the Lord. Amen. We are doing what? We are establishing and instituting the what? The, the new day of the Lord. You know, when we respond. In Acts chapter 2, Peter stood before um, all the people that came. I was attracted to, to them by, you know, the tongues they were speaking. And began to declare to them the word of the Lord. Began to declare to them the emphasis of the Lord that a new era has just begun. You know, and he released the world with so much power, you know, that people said, what shall we do? And they said, repent and be what? Converted. And the time of what? Of refreshing we come. That's the new day of the Lord. That's the intervention of heaven. Why? Because the people are responding to the clarion call. The times of refreshing, the season of refreshing, a new day of refreshing. We come from the what? From the presence of the Lord. And by the response to that clarion call, scripture says that 3,000 souls did what? Responded. It's possible it was even more than what they bargained for. <laughs> because those 3,000 people, a sizable number of them, don't stay in Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem to observe the Pentecost, which is a Jewish festival. Um, if you read Acts of Scripture, and Scripture talks about the different places and regions where they came from. But they encountered revival, they encountered Jesus, and suddenly every other thing doesn't matter anymore. In fact, a lot of them did not leave Jerusalem. Scripture says that they daily began to dwell in the temple and began to worship and serve God. You know, And that was what created the chaos in Acts chapter 6, because suddenly now the disciples had thousands of people on their hands that they had to cater for. Not just regarding the word of God, but also regarding what? Food. Because they've abandoned everything else from where they came from. Hallelujah. They left, and that is what 
ushers in the day of the Lord. It is when we elevate the priority of the kingdom and every other thing takes the back seat. Some people probably had farms and then for that time being, the farm wasn't important. Some of them probably had families that maybe did not come with them to Jerusalem. But for that time being, this new thing that God is doing, they wanted to see it to a conclusion. We knew, of course, later that they were dispersed about. You know, in fact, when God saw that these people wanted to, they were not moving. God sent persecution to disperse them about and they carried the message of the kingdom. But as that, for that declarion call at that time, they responded to it. People began to sell their properties. Scripture says, talked about one guy, I think it was Barabbas, is that his name? Sold a land, a land that he had, and brought the offering at the apostles' feet. People began to, that was people responding to what? The urgency of the Spirit. Responding to what? The knocking of the new day of the Lord. Responding to the knocking of the Spirit. People were opening up their heart to the Lord. And they were yielding all their things, their belongings, their time, you know, their life, everything they've had. They saw nothing too much to hand over, to submit to the will of God, to submit for the purpose of the kingdom. They wanted God to take over their life. That was the passion, you know, and the energy with which they responded to God. And that was why the early church was so powerful. There was such high degree of God's power and presence with them. Why? Because the heart of the people were on fire. Hallelujah. Because of what? The heart of people were on what? Were on fire. Look at the criteria for, for serving tables. Look at the criteria in Acts chapter 6. For serving tables. Must be full of faith, full of the spirit. There was just fire everywhere. The anointing, the level of the presence of God was so strong. Ananias and Safra didn't discern the atmosphere that they were. And they paid the ultimate price for it. Hallelujah. It was like it was something akin to Zechariah doubting when he was standing in front of an angel you know that thing he did he could have actually died if it's not that God had actually anointed him for a purpose to bring about John the Baptist people were fat fire they did not even openly voice their doubts in the holy of holies they offered wrong fire fire came from the altar and burnt them and they are, you know they will their dead bodies out high priests so it is important for us to discern the times and seasons to discern what heaven is saying what is the emphasis of the spirit what is the clarion call of heaven for now and respond to it in full measure that is what makes us the church of the living god am i making sense that is what differentiates us from a religious gathering or a social community you know or a charity organization or any of such things that were birthed by human philosophies and human mind the human idea of socialization of friendships of relationship there is a clarion call of heaven 
that makes this organization different that makes us a spiritual entities hallelujah scripture says we are a chosen generation a what a royal priesthood a holy nation and a peculiar people so and the enemy has tried over and over to give the church a false identity to put before the church a false hope a false pursuit or what the church should be about and you have seen different ideas initiatives and opinions of how a church should be it is one idea of what a church should be that gave birth to the idea of comedians being part of the order of service <laughs> amen hallelujah and so many other things there are a lot of other things that goes on in churches these days you know those things were born out of human ideas and philosophies about okay what can we do to make this thing be more this be more that maybe be more entertaining or you know people just have ideas and say okay let's implement it but the idea in the heart of god is missing the idea that ageless idea that god had in his heart before the foundation of the world what jesus was seeing when he stood by the region of Caesarea Philippi, there was something he was seeing in the heart of God. As he was proclaiming what would be the defining identity of the church, there was something he was seeing. And we all need to see into that vision of God. Hallelujah. That is what activates true seasons of God upon us. That is what brings alignment. That is what makes us truly the army of the Lord. That is what makes us the what? The army of the Lord. Because our alignment with God, our alignment with God enthrones God as the leader and the commander of this army. As the king of this people. As the Lord of this nation. Hallelujah. And then, once we see him as he is, once we see him as our commander, as our lord, as our master, then what do we do? We submit to him. We declare our allegiance to him. And the declaration of that allegiance is a declaration of warfare. Against the flesh. Against every contrary idea. Against every stronghold. Against everything else that exalts itself. And is contending against the knowledge of the Lord. Hallelujah. And as we press into the spirit, we engage. And those walls begin to collapse. Those strongholds begin to collapse. We see migration in the spirit. We see the reign of faith. The reign of hope. We see a new vision. We see enlightenment. Spiritual enlightenment. You know, like Paul was saying that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may do what? Know the hope of his calling. That hope becomes strong. It gives birth to a strong conviction. Suddenly, you are absolutely convinced about the demands of the kingdom and you're ready to give everything for it. Something has happened on the inside. There has been an internal reconfiguration. There's been a strengthening of your inner man. So the internal environment becomes much stronger than the external environment. And nothing shakes you. Nothing moves you. Whether it's trials or tribulations. 
whether it is riches, whether it is success, nothing shakes you, nothing drifts you, nothing changes your focus. Your eyes is set on the goal and daily the strength and your pursuit is to press more and more into God. That is the kind of people the Lord wants us to be. Regimented, solid on the inside, responding to the voice of the trumpet. Hallelujah. And this new year is an opportunity again to recalibrate our hearing and to respond accurately. Because the trumpet of God is sounding. Hallelujah. Somebody said the trumpet of God is sounding. There is a clarion call in the realm of the spirit. God is saying, come up. Come up. You can't stay on this plane anymore. If you stay on this plane, you'll be defeated. If your warfare is from this plane, it will end in defeat. The place of your nature is heavenly. You are made of the heavenly order. So it's time your mentality ascends. Hallelujah. Scripture says, even though we're in the world, we are not what? We are not of the world. So the weapon of our welfare are not what? Carnal. They are not made after humanistic ideas. How we win is not by human philosophies and traditions and initiatives and ideas. How we win is by aligning with heaven's agenda and moving the frequency of the spirit. That's how we win. So we can't stay on this plane and wage war. We will be defeated. And that's why the church that takes its relevance from down here is lying in ruins and chaos currently. Scattered like sheep without shepherd. Lost the hearing of the voice of the shepherd. Lost his identity. It's become a slave to the God of this world. But we don't belong to that church. In fact, we are the remnant the Lord is raising to declare deliverance and the acceptability of the Lord to our brethren. Amen. Amen. So God is saying, it's time for us to respond. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to hear the clarion call. It is a new beginning, not because it is January, but because it is time to respond again. It's time to shake off the dust. It's time to take notes and take audits and consider yourself and examine yourself. And look at what is the demand of God for my life for this season. What is the level and the degree of commitment and passion I'm bringing. And then trust God for grace to bridge the gap. That's the emphasis of the spirit. There has to be a paradigm shift. There has to be a paradigm shift. Hallelujah. Things cannot continue as they have been. Amen. Amen. Say things cannot continue as they've been. You know, there is this idea that says that it's only a mad person that does the same thing continually expecting a different result. Things can't continue as they've been. There has to be a change. There has to be a change. And that change must come from the inside. It is not externally driven change. The church has been responding too much. I just want to say this one of the things I wrote down and it's one of the most important lessons we have to learn this new year. We have to change the order of our response. We have been reacting a lot. In fact, this whole new year is external reaction. The January to December calendar is what? It's external reaction. It is 
a system created for the world system. Am I making sense? There was a time where, in the time of Jesus, it is the observation of seasons of, of, of the sky. In fact, Jesus rebuked the, the Pharisees. I think it was Luke 17. Is it Luke 17 or Matthew 17? He said, you, when you look up in the morning and you see the sky is red, you say it is fair weather. In the evening, it's evening, but the sky is still red and lowy. You say it's foul weather. He said, you can design the signs of the weather of the, of, of the skies, but you cannot design the day of the Lord. Their lives were hooked on externalities, external observations, external pressure, external standards. Slaves to standards set by men. Slaves to philosophies and ideas and initiative and pursuits set by men. External things based on the systems of this world based on the things that men value based on the idea of success of men it's all a reaction of externalities but god is saying we have to unhook ourselves from that bandwagon and hook onto the bandwagon of the spirit that has a separate different of measurement that measurement is based on what the spirit is saying number one and number two based on your internal environment hallelujah it is the lack of accurate internal calibration that makes us not to even know when we are sick and we require urgent divine intervention if you are sick now in two days three days and you are not getting well What's the next thing? You immediately pause anything you are doing, no matter how important it is, and you go to the hospital, right? That is a value system. You value something. Suddenly that work, that's, you know, you didn't have time to do any other thing, becomes secondary. That work that is not allowing you to pray in the morning, suddenly it becomes what? Secondary. Because something else now is at stake. And you need to attend to that thing. Suddenly, that your boss that you cannot face, but that the boss calls you, sir, and you realize that you cannot tell, hello, hello, sir. Boss goes, we say, ah, this one, let's leave her or let's leave him. And when they see that you cannot even stand up from bed, you are looking at your laptop like this. The laptop that you've not left in the past one week, you've been waking and sleeping on it. Suddenly, you are looking at the laptop, you can't even stand up. An urgent matter has now what? Has now come. And you have to attend to it. But people go on years in critical conditions like that spiritually and they are doing nothing about it. There has to be a paradigm shift. Our sense of calibration has to shift from external to what? To the internal. Some of you, you are in emergency period internally. There is red flags everywhere. Because the path you are working on, if you continue in that path, there are some new ideas, there are some new philosophy that is coming into your mind. That is enabling some behaviors and compromises and lack of passion. And if you continue like that, the light will eventually go out. As it was in the days of Samuel. Hallelujah. The priesthood was so out of touch 
with God. The only thing that was keeping the light upon the altar was the faithfulness of a small boy, Samuel. Hallelujah. So, we have to do what? There has to be a what? A paradigm shift. We have to focus on the internal environment. Is there peace in my house? This internal house. Is there peace? Does peace reign here? Is the joy of the Lord here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there passion here? Is the will of God known? What is the motivating force? What is the thing that makes me get out of bed in the morning? What is my guiding principles? We need to evaluate. And then focus on that. And as we focus on that, as the internal environment gains strength in the will of God, you will realize how weak and fragile and how vain the external environment is. Suddenly, you stop measuring your life by what is happening on the outside. And then there is a new system of governance. Am I making sense? There is a what? There is a new system of governance. The voice of the Lord becomes important to you. The leading of the Holy Ghost becomes important to you. Understanding what the time that you are in becomes very important to you. They become a matter of life. You can't move if there is no clarity in, the, in your spirit about something. No matter how pressing and pressurized you are on the outside. Am I making sense? Suddenly, the weights have changed. There has been a recalibration. The things enemy throw at you and affect you, suddenly they stop affecting you. They become water being thrown at a rock. Why? Mindsets have changed. Mindsets have changed. A new understanding now is what? Is in place. My wife and I were saying something very funny this morning. <laughs> you, know, she, you know, she was having a dream in the night and you know, sometimes when you dream, you act out some parts of the part of the dream and all that. So she was making. So I was trying to study. Well, no, no. So I wasn't trying to pray for this and that. So I wasn't asleep. She was sleeping. So she made some funny and I was smiling. <laughs> was was the, is she riding a horse in the dream? New or is she flying? Because she was just you know just making nice nice sounds and all that. So when I woke up in the morning, I said. Ah, Please, which dream? I'm interested in the dream that you dreamt. Because some of it was coming out. <laughs> you know what she said? She said, why did I record it? <laughs> you know, now, some other people will experience that overnight. And what will happen this morning is a three days fasting and prayer, chasing what is not doesn't exist. Am I making sense? Because I told her that at a point she was she was making sound like lion. <laughs> you know, if my mindset is certain mindset, ha! God has showed me the true nature of the person I married. Ten years of mystery has been solved. And then you embark on a journey nobody has sent you. You carry a baggage. So, so Satan 
Let's not sit outside too. You carry a baggage. You know. And that's what happens to us sometimes. That's what happens to us sometimes. Even for those of us who are waiting on the promises of God. Abraham was waiting on the promise of God. But according to a system of according to a system of judgment, there is now delay. According to a pattern of thinking, delay has happened and something ought to be what? To be done. And that the wisdom according to that order entered Sarah. And Sarah said, here is my servant. Go and fulfill this mission. And he did and he came, the boy came and then there was chaos. According to what? To a system of reasoning. According to a certain new year. Hallelujah. According to a certain what? Because by the time they came to that point, they, they said the purpose and will of God has reached December. Let's put an end to it. Let's start our own. Let's give birth to our own idea. And so they give birth to Ishmael. And then there is still war between the house of Ishmael and the house of Isaac even up to today. God has to help us so that paradigm shifts can what? Can happen. Hallelujah. Let's open to Luke chapter 5. You know, if you read Luke chapter 5, verse 36 to 39, scripture talks about the fact that, you know, you don't join an old garment, an old piece of cloth, with a new piece of cloth. That if you do that, what's going to happen? The strength of the new is going to pull the old one, which is now fragile and lacks strength. And then what's going to happen? You're going to have a major tear. You know, how many of you used to patch your trousers and your skirts those years when you are Shongode? <laughs> and as you are going on the road, the thing just pa, you just hear pa. You know, I remember, I, I, I think it was when I was in GS3. You know, when you go to play football, and you now, the football now enter rough play, your uniform now tears, but you cannot say it at home that your uniform. Your, bo- your shorts has torn. So you now look for alternative way to quickly patch it so that your parents will not know. That was what happened to me. You know, my parents would have bought me a new pair of shorts in a, in a heartbeat. It wasn't that expensive. Do you understand? But the issue was that I couldn't tell them that my shorts is torn. So I had to look for alternative means of... I remember that morning... I patched the whole thing and by the time I wore it, the shot was now bent. <laughs> you know? It was so bad that I couldn't even walk properly. My wise me now went to one of my seniors who just um, wrote Wahek living on our street and went to borrow his shorts. Now the guy was like three times my size. So, when I wore it, of course, and I had to use a pin, you know, office pin, to hold the trouser. The thing was looking like baggy shorts. And because of the chaos around the belt area, the pin and all that, 
I couldn't tuck in. <laughs> so I had to wear sweater over it. Even in the hottest you know, temperature of the day, I had to put the people did not know why, what I'm trying to cover. <laughs> why I did what? I did all that. Simple wisdom was, okay, you've done the wrong thing. Go and speak to your what? I was looking for ways to patch the whole thing. Hallelujah. And one day, and I did that for a few days, interestingly, and I didn't let my parents know. I think the shame came when, and I went back to play that football, my uniform and sweater, everything now was up, and people could see all the patch parties are done. And, you know, boys' school can be very, very terrible. My friends actually stopped playing football when they saw it, fell on the floor, and started laughing. It was, it was so, so bad. Hallelujah. The scripture says that you don't, you don't, you don't, if you try to bring a new piece of clothes, I try to attach it to an old one. What's going to happen? You're going to have a tear. And it's the same thing also with trying to pour new wine into what? Into an old wine skin. So, you know, in, in the ancient times, when you want to make wine, the storage for those wines are usually goat skin. Skin of goats. They, once they kill the goat, they remove all the internal, um, you know, internal elements and then dry the skin just like that so the neck area is where the cork is they create a cork for the neck area and then use rope to tie it so by the time you pour the wine it looks like an inflated goat actually you know they've cut off the limbs so the limbs are very short but you know the stomach and everything and that is how they make new wine skins for new wine but because their wine have to go through a process of fermentation, once that fermentation is happening, gases are released. Once the gas is being released, the wine skin begins to what? Begins to expand. Now, the more you have used the wine skin, the more, the less elastic the wine skin has become, because it has expanded and expanded and expanded, and then to get to a point where it cannot expand any further. If you pour a new wine into that wine skin, by the time process of fermentation starts, what's going to happen? The wine skin is going to burst. And that's what Jesus was saying that you don't put a new wine inside an old wine skin, you are going to burst it. And that is speaking of a very strong and foundational kingdom principle. Is that for us to receive the new thing that the Lord is doing. And the Lord is always doing a new thing. Right? Because the path of the righteous is as a what? As a shining light. It shines what? Brighter and brighter. Unto the what? Perfect day. So the Lord is always doing something new. When a season changes over us. That is a new thing the Lord is doing. When there is a new demand of God. For growth. For development, spiritual development. That is a what? That's a new thing the Lord is doing. So there is that constant clarion call for a change of season. Hallelujah. There is that constant clarion call. Just like you have your seasons. There is a time to plant. There is a time to what? To harvest. If you have the mindset of harvest in the time of planting, you are missing it. Right? You will have nothing to harvest. 
and if you have the mindset of planting in the time of harvest you will have nothing also to harvest you are going to literally be hungry throughout so the accurate understanding of season is important because every season comes with its what demands and not just only demands every season also comes with grace hallelujah sometimes the reason for the struggle is because your own order of thinking is putting pressure on heaven for a certain grace but heaven's season upon you is administrating another entirely am i making sense i should that again heaven's demand for you for the season that you are grace comes for that demand amen grace comes forward if it's the season of solidifying your foundation in faith in prayer in being rooted and grounded in the word of god but you you are under pressure to make wealth you are declaring i own the world wealth transfer everything everything but god is saying now is not the time for that let's get this more important foundational issue first and then you will walk into that right there is grace for what heaven's season is on your life but sometimes we can't connect to it because we have a wrong system of thinking what is paramount to us in that season is not what is paramount to god so there is no alignment there is no order am i making sense am i making sense there is no order there is no alignment the season of god upon our lives not only reveals the demand of god it also reveals the grace of god it also reveals the backing of the spirit it also reveals the things that have been prepared for you for that season because god will not declare season over you if he has not made adequate preparation for you am i making sense every season that comes there is what there is adequate preparation from god's side hallelujah scripture says as the rain that comes upon the earth to water the ground to give what seed to the sower and bread to the earth. it says so is the word that i send forth it will not what return to me void but it will accomplish that means that within that word is the power to accomplish what the purpose for which it is sent but what did jesus say when he encountered the pharisees he said ye have made the word of god of non-effect by what by your traditions it means the word that god has sent for that season because they refused to align with it that word became inoperative that world could not accomplish the purpose for which it was sent in their lives in their lives it accomplished it in the life of those who responded to it but as far as the pharisees was concerned just said you have made the word of god of non-effect by your traditions by your wrong thinking by your wrong system of evaluation by your wrong emphasis 
by your wrong passions and pursuits. So there is grace hanging, but there is no effectiveness because there is misalignment. Hallelujah. It is time for us to be deliberate about alignment with God. And what causes misalignment? Old wineskin. Old wineskin. There will not be alignment. There will not be harmony. There will not be what? Harmony if we refuse to evolve into the new wineskin. Hallelujah. The purpose of the container is not to limit the content. The purpose of the container is not what? Is not to limit the content. What the container is meant to do is to first house the content and give expression to the content based on need. Am I making sense? There is water in the earth, right? But you may not have access to it if you don't have a container. I mean, my kids are here in church now. We packed two big water bottles for them. And there is water inside. For what? For easy access. If there is no dispenser there and there is no water bottle there, if you need to get water, what will you do? You have to trek some miles to go get water. So the container is not meant to limit, it's not meant to confine. So if you are looking at the water inside the container, your reality shouldn't be that, ah, and this, what, this container is, con- is con- confining and constraining this water. Am I making sense? Because if you, if you puncture that container, the water itself becomes useless because it just pours on the floor and then becomes unuseful. The purpose of the container is not to limit the content. It's to give what? House it first and do what? And give expression to it. Your purpose as a vessel is not to limit the grace of God upon your life. It's not to limit the power of the Holy Ghost that is inside you. You have the same dynamics that the apostles had when the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost was poured down on them in Acts chapter 2, when they opened their mouth without microphone and thousands were saved, the same measure that they have is what you have. The same measure. What is available for you to use is based on the level of constraint you have put on the content that you carry. Am I making sense? It is the level of constraint. Some of us, you know, like the old wine skin, the wine can't expand because we are not flexible. We are not. The, the content can't give. Can't find expression because we are not. We are not flexible. We are rigid. We are rigid. There is even constraint regarding how much can be poured in. Hallelujah. Because once you can't expand, there is what? There is constraint. There is a constraint. There is a limitation due to 
lack of flexibility and the purpose of the process of god is for us to have that ability to do what to expand jesus that's why jesus was the perfect vessel jesus was the what when it was open, it was the perfect vessel. There was nothing that the Father intended to do by the anointing and the Holy Ghost on him that God was not able to accomplish. Because he cooperated with God as a vessel. Even up to the death of the Scripture says, Hebrews chapter 5, it said he became what? Obedient. That's how to become a new wine skin. He became obedient. Even up to the what? Unto the death on the cross. That's new wineskin there. He was able to stretch himself. To accommodate the demands of the spirit. To accommodate the agenda of God. To accommodate the will of God. His vessel was not constraining the will and the agenda of God. It was giving expression to it. Hallelujah. And we are all fearfully and wonderfully made to do what? To give expression to the divine nature. Not to constrain it. But it is the old nature, sin, carnality that brings about the constraint. That brings about the lack of flow. That brings about the issues that short circuits the flow of the grace of God. Canal nature, the lack of alignment, which is why God is saying we must become the what? The new wine skin. There is new wine in the hand of the Lord, but He's looking for where to do what? To pour it. Jesus said to some of people that were following me, He said, Foxes have holes, so birds have even nests. He said, But the Son of Man has no place to do what? To lay his head. There was nowhere in the heart of men for the will of God to find the residence and then prosper. Like that church in the book of Revelations. A church that is named in the name of God, but Jesus was outside knocking. Hallelujah. So, the purpose of the new wine skin is to accommodate the word the new wine. What does the new wine signify? It signifies the will of God. What does the new wine signify? It signifies the spirit life. It signifies being led by the spirit. It signifies commitment to the purpose of God. It signifies the agenda of God. Hallelujah. It signifies that clarion call of the spirit for perfection. That's new wine. It signifies obedience. The standards of God that is set. Hallelujah. And the new wine skin signifies what? Submission. Dying to self. Training. Galatians chapter 4. An heir. Doesn't differ from a slave. As long as it's a child. But it's put under what? Two tours and governors. Until the time that is what? Appointed of the father. Training. Tutorship. That's new wine. The new wine skin has the sense of being processed by God. There is that there is that high sense of being a product in God's factory. That's the identity of the new wine skin. 
He's aware of the demands of God. The demands of consecration. The demands of faith. The demands of hope. There is no frivolity. Even on an issue of struggle, there is an attitude of hope and constant engagement. Did you get what, I'm, did you get what I just said? Even on an issue that is, that is an issue of infirmity and struggle, the attitude is of hope, of faith, and of what? Constant engagement. There is no hopelessness anywhere. There is no settling down. There is that attitude of constant migration. Hallelujah. That is the new wineskin. That's the new wineskin. The new wineskin is constantly seeking enlightenment. It's constantly seeking for light. It's constantly seeking for spiritual understanding. That is the issue of priority. It's constantly praying for the ears to be opened, for the eyes to be enlightened, so that he can see and understand the purpose of the Spirit. That's the new wineskin. That's the attitude of the new wineskin. Hallelujah. The new wineskin has a strong sense of identity, new creation identity. It doesn't have the identity of, of duality. Or of carnality. Am I making sense? The fact that you have issues of struggle does not make that issue of your identity. Did you get that? The fact that you have issues of infirmity, things that you still struggle with. Maybe you have anger. Your own, your own anger is one anger hits like this. Even Holy Ghost cannot. Even if trumpets sound, you cannot hear. <laughs> But your attitude to that issue is not the attitude that this is who I am. It is, you don't accept it as your identity. Your identity is still the new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And that is where you operate from. So there is a defiance against the spirit of condemnation. Wanting to always oppose you based on your infirmities. So that you don't have a free course in the realm of the spirit to operate. Am I making sense? So the enemy even tries to accuse you because you have infirmities. But because you have a new... You, you stand by your identity of the new creation. Your worship is accepted. It is not hindered. That is the mindset of the new wineskin. The new wineskin has not reached perfection. Hallelujah. But it carries very strongly the identity of perfection. Hallelujah. The new wineskin says, As Christ is, so am I what? In this world. And I'm the expression of his glory and the fullness of his brightness. So there is faith for every instruction. There is faith to take over the mountain, no matter what it is. Because you don't derive your sense of relevance from who you are or from what you do. It is from the cross. The cross is always magnified. That's the mindset of the new wineskin. It's all about the cross. It's all about Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord.
So, but what does the old wine skin? The old wine skin represents the tradition of men. Human philosophies, human ideas, human initiative. Sometimes having, in fact, most times having a form of godliness. But what? Denying the power. That's the old wine skin. There is a semblance of it. It looks like it, but it's not it. We seem to look alike, but it's not it. Hallelujah. And that's the, in fact, you know, one of the things that really strikes my heart was when John was describing, was unmasking the spirit of the Antichrist. He said, they went out from us. That's amazing. How many of us remember that scripture? He said, they went out from us, but they are not what? So there was a season of mixture. There was a season where there seemed, everybody seemed to be going in one direction. But right in that procession is the spirit of Antichrist. Do you know what causes his separation? His consecration. There is a level you can operate. The spirit of Antichrist can be very well with you. You look the same. It's comfortable. You look like twins. But when God elevates that demand, when God elevates the process, and God begins to say some things must go, and your allegiance to God is being tested, it's at that point that you are severed from that spirit. He said they went out from us. And then he says something like that the fact that they went out from us shows that they are truly not of us. Because if they are of us, they would have what? They would have stayed. Hallelujah. That's the old wine skin. Human tradition. Some of those human traditions were even had spiritual monuments that buffered them. But the spirit has what? has left. It was God that instituted animal sacrifice as a means of covering for a season. And when God moved from there to present to the world the lamp that takes away the sins of the world, who were the people that fought him? The religious system that God gave the animal sacrifice institution to. Hallelujah. So we have to trust God and be very careful. Because the old wine skin can be very tricky. Hallelujah. But the emphasis is not on migration. The emphasis of the old wine skin is not on change. The old wine skin is not motivated by the hope of the finish. Am I making sense? And in, in all of us have tendencies of that old. Because sometimes when we look at our lives, we are truly not motivated as we ought to by the hope of the finish. Because we are not sacrificing for the sake of the kingdom. When the hope of the finish is instilled in our hearts, no sacrifice will be too much to pay. The reason why we struggle or we avoid it is because the internal work is not yet what? It's not yet done. Maybe in some people it is ongoing as much as they are yielding to God. But in some other people it is abandoned. 
God, leave that issue. That matter, leave her. <laughs> leave that issue, Jesus. Leave it. Don't, don't say anything about it. Certain of those works are abandoned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the old wine skin. Look at Mark chapter 7. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashed hands. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, These people do what? Honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's hold wine skin. God can't reach the heart. God can't reach the heart. There is no engagement with the heart. There's been some layers of protection. There are some layers of insulation that is not making the word of God to penetrate. Hallelujah. Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 4, if our gospel is hidden, it is not because we are preaching it in obscure places. It is hidden to those who what? Who are lost. Whom the God of this world has what? Blinded. There is a blinding that has been allowed by the enemy. There has been some degree of insulation. He said their heart is far. Your heart is not supposed to be far from God. Something is wrong if your heart is far from God. If you can wrestle with God in your heart and win, something is wrong. You are getting angry and you can hear the voice and the witness of the Spirit saying, Calm down. He said, No, 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 no. No, not now, God, not now. There is a sense in your heart that this is the direction to take. This is the thing to do. But you're wrestling. Other philosophies are wrestling with your mind. God said, give this amount. He said, God, no. How will I? How will I? I, I have needs. That's the warfare. All that things are wrestling with the demand of the spirit. Am I making sense? And when you allow the other reasonings to win, your heart moves away from the spirit. Because you are slaves to whomsoever you what you submit to. Say they draw near to God with their lips, but their heart is far. God can't reach the heart. God can't change the heart. God can't touch the heart. God can't process the heart. That's the old one scheme. Say, how be it in vain they what? Look at that. The heart is far, but they still do worship. This is religious spirit templates. The ordinances are not taken away. It's only that it's not achieving the intended purpose. That's religious spirit template. And if there's anything we need to fight very vehemently in our lives, is this template. What's the purpose of prayer if God can't change you? Why come to church if you are not going to walk in obedience? Am I making sense? I'm saying you should leave church. I'm saying that the purpose for God bringing us here is to do what? To change us. If we are not changing, something is sabotaging that work. Hallelujah. Oh, no. When a meeting yesterday, and one sister was saying, we're talking about, he said, but you see people who can pray seven hours, but the error they walk in is scary. It's called religious spirits. 
the religiosity is nothing is tampering with the operations of that the religiosity is even allowing the operation of darkness both of them can grow side by side untouched undisturbed that is not the garden of the lord nothing of this world nothing that is not of god should survive in the garden of the lord and the garden of the lord is your heart Job said that every tree that my father has not planted he what the axe is laid to the root of that tree that should be the operation in the garden of the lord the garden of the lord is where god comes in as the husbandman and looks at every branch that is not bearing fruit and does what and prunes it out prunes the unfruitfulness in you out so that the things he has released grace for for fruitfulness can become even more fruitful that's the picture of the garden of the lord it's a garden that is tended it's a garden that allows water. The Bible says that the land that receives rain from heaven and brings forth fruit, herbs, meat for its use, receives what? Blessing from the Lord. That is the garden of the Lord. So, but the land that brings, about, brings out thorns and tissues, it's cursed, whose end is to be burnt. Hallelujah. Am I making sense this morning? God has to deliver us from the old wine skin. It's a season to become the new wine skin. It's a season for paradigm shift. Hallelujah. You see, how be it in vain do they worship me? Verse 7. Teaching for doctrines, the what? The commandments of men. Because there's no vacuum in the spirit. Once the agenda and the will of God is absent, something replaces it. Hallelujah. Said for laying aside the commandment of God, they hold unto the word, the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many such other things. Say, Fool well, ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and your mother, and who so caused the father of the mother, let him die the death. But you say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Koban, that is to say, a gift. But whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have what? Delivered, and many such things do ye. Amen. Let's read Colossians chapter 2. Just showing us, just defining what constitutes the old wineskin. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 8 Say, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty what? Deceit, according to the basic principles of the world, according to Christ. You see, when you look at these things at the, at the peripheral level, if, if, you don't, if you don't think deeply about the thing, you think what the Bible is saying is that somebody comes to you, but I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, ah, no, 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 we don't do things like that. God doesn't demand all these things you are doing, you are overdoing it. You know, calm down, brother, calm down. That is not how this plays out. Am I making sense? Nobody literally comes to you and say that to you. Most likely not. If it probably ever happens, maybe very rarely. Right? But what is happening is that as you, as you live daily, there are ministrations of darkness that is coming to you via different channels in your environment for this purpose 
when you wake up in the morning and you have a choice to sleep more or to pray, somebody is ministering to you vain deceit. But the ministration altar is your mind. Am I making sense? And whatever you choose, whatever you choose means that's the person you're submitting to. Amen. Basic principles of this world. The idea of the world. The mindset of the world. The pursuit of the world. The hope of the world. The things that the world cherishes. The things that make sense to the world. The things that men value. Say those things, they are anti the principles of God. And when you listen to them, they are cheating you. Because the more you respond to them, the more you are being cheated out of the glory of God. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? He said, for in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the what? The head of all principalities and power. He said, in him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By the what? Putting off of the burden of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised in him, through the faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in trespasses and on circumcision of your flesh, he has made our life together with him, having forgiven you your what? Your trespasses. Having wiped out the writing of the requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, which he has taken after the way, having nailed it to the cross and having disarmed principalities and power, he made an open spectacle of them, triumphing what? Over them. In this is your heritage. The things that you are contending with, the philosophies, the ideas, the mindsets, those high-sounding things, strongholds that are waging war against the knowledge of God, they have been crushed and defeated by the cross of Jesus. They are not supposed to have power over you. They are not supposed to have hold over you. Hallelujah. But it requires you standing in faith. It requires you having a paradigm shift. Because the way they will not have hold over you is you change your location. Am I making sense? You do what? No matter how somebody hates you, if all they have as instrument is bow and arrow, and you are in London and they are in Lagos, you know you don't need to pray. You don't need to what? Why? You've changed what? You've changed location. You have. You have. So God is saying, come up hither. You have much battles, unnecessary battles, by virtue of your location. It's because you've made your warfare from here. You have allowed certain philosophies and ideas to infiltrate your heart. They are now putting pressure on you internally. And you are releasing that pressure to God. But God said, that's not my will for you. Just come to my own timing. Just come to the season that I have prepared for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This year we are crushing all our enemies. We are putting them under our feet. Hallelujah. Scripture says, the God of peace we do what? We cross Satan under your feet shortly. That shortly is the revelation, the time and the sin of revelation. Because when the light of revelation comes, what's happened? The enemy is unmasked. His weapon is what? Is demystified. 
suddenly they have no power over you. Jesus stood before Pilate. Pilate said, don't you know I have the power to send you to the cross and to release you? Jesus looked at him. I suspect he must have smiled through the pain and said, you don't have any power over me. The one you think you have was given to you to accomplish the purpose of God. Hallelujah. That is what is happening to some of us. The only difference is that the, the mind of God that Jesus had about his journey to the cross has a journey of victory. We don't have it. So we are running Elta Sketa. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you don't have any power over me. Except that which is given to you from what? From above. The Bible said, Pilate became afraid. Said he became afraid. And then brought water and washed his hands. I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. Pilate, the most powerful man in the whole of Judea, Power past power. When you when you encounter real power, the fake one does what? The Bible says light shines in the darkness. And darkness cannot what? See, your 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 dark the issues of that consume darkness in your life, they are not that strong. You just need to increase the intensity of your light. Focus on your light. Focus what? Focus on your light. Focus on the intensity of that light. Focus on getting the light. Forget the struggle. Forget the infirmity. Forget the pain point. Focus on the light. Once light is growing, feed that vision of God. Feed that child of God. Feed that lion that you truly are. Don't worry about the fake lion that is roaring outside. Once the real lion grows and roars, the fake lion will take dressing. Hallelujah. That is how you should be as a Christian. Even the thing that is scaring you, don't give it attention. Just feed yourself. Just shine the light. This year, concentrate on shining the light. Concentrate on getting light. Concentrate on getting understanding. Focus on understanding. Scripture says, in all thy getting, do what? People use that to, uh, to preach about business idea. No! It's talking about kingdom light. Understanding that circumcises you. Understanding that ends warfare and pushes you into the victory of God. That is what he's saying. Understanding that brings clarity in the will of God. Get understanding. In all you're getting. This year, focus on getting understanding. Focus on having the eyes of your understanding enlightened. Focus on spiritual growth. And you will see the strongholds begin to crumble by themselves one after the other. Those things have no power. Your limitations have no power over you. They have no strength to hold you down. Those walls that you see whenever you, you think in your mind that you see the limitations of the world, those walls don't have that strength. What you need is light. 
what you need is what is light this year focus on light get it incrementally no matter how little don't stop getting it focus on it if it is little little increments that you are able to focus on it consistently those little increments will bring about big changes hallelujah don't even let this year focus on simple things what did i say focus on don't go and write 101,000 goals and resolutions don't worry just focus on simple things the critical things get light get light light resolves even things you think light does not resolve am i making sense light resolves both even things you think light don't light resolves it get light get light constantly pray lord let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened let me know what is the hope of your calling let me know what are the riches of the inheritance of the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power in us who do what who believe there is exceeding power inside but we don't know that's why paul prayed that we should that the lord will open our understanding so that we can know he said that power is the same power that raised jesus from the dead that's the power on the inside of you that power is there the purpose is to bring about a what a paradigm shift the purpose of that power is to fuel the passion and the will of god in your life make use of it put that power into use by activating it with what with light with light make it truly a new beginning Make it a new beginning. Make it a new beginning. It is time for us to emerge as new wineskins because heaven is trumpeting. The clarion call of heaven is getting stronger and stronger. The day of the Lord is at what? Is at hand. Let's rise to our feet this morning. We'll continue next week by the grace of God. Here I am longing, abide with me, I pray. Here I am thirsting for you, for you, hide me in your Bring me to my knees. Bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus more and more. May I know Jesus more and more. Here I am waiting. Here I am waiting. Here I am waiting. Abide with me, I pray. Abide with me, I pray. Here I am longing for you. Here I am longing for you. Hide me with your love, oh God. 
hide me in your love. Bring me to my knees. Bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus. May I know Jesus more and more. Oh, come within me. Come within me. All my life. All my life. Take over. Take over. Come within me. Come breathe in me. I will rise. I will rise on eagles wings. Come live within me. Come breathe in all my life. All my life. Take over. Take over. Come breathe in me. Go ahead and pray this morning. Lord, I want to be a new wineskin. I want to be a new wineskin. I pray for grace. I pray for light. I pray for light. I pray for illumination. Can we just take one more moment and pray this morning? Can we just pray this morning that this year will rise on eagles' wings? The Lord Himself will be the wind beneath our wings. His truth will be our shield and our buckler. His light will be that in which we walk in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's just pray for grace that every day, every moment, every occasion will yield to the will of God. We'll be able to see that light and to be able to walk in it. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing. That when the demands of life come, we can heed the voice of the Spirit. We can see the light of His face. And we have the grace to walk in it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you are doing. Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful to you that you are setting us apart and you are loving us in this way to bring this alignment to our lives because you have chosen us for new wine. We thank you. Father, we are just asking, oh God, that as we progress in our walk with you in this season, you release increasing grace, oh God. That for each demand, every moment, every day, every hour, throughout this season, oh God, 
you release grace for us to align accurately with you. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.